0: Hello everybody, welcome back to another episode of the As I See It podcast, here today bringing you the second installment of this season's match review and reactions. Yes, we are back, um, and we are back in a good mood. Uh, If you don't already know, I think you probably will, but we have just faced Celta Vigo away from home, and we beat them 3-0. This was... An incredible result. Before the match, if you'd asked any Barca fan, would you take a 3-0 victory? They would have said yes all day. In fact, I think they would have just accepted any victory by any means possible. Because if you don't already know, we have struggled incredibly to get anything from playing Celta Vigo away from home. In the Baledos Stadium, we have really struggled. In fact, we haven't won there since 2015. So that should tell you how difficult this match match was or should have been for us. You know, we haven't won there, as I said, since 2015. And whilst, yes, Celta Vigo were in a relegation battle last season, that all seems to go out the window as soon as they face... FC Barcelona it's always a great match to watch for the neutral there's normally quite a few goals but also it's just seems to always be tight and the crazy thing about it is that it's not just the fact that Celta Vigo are managing to beat us when they have done in the past they've managed to beat us playing some very very nice football so As I said, we finally have managed to break the curse and win away from home at Celta Vigo. 3-0 goals from Ansu Fati, an own goal from Olaza, and finally the the third goal coming from Sergi Roberto. So overall, incredibly happy with the result that we managed to get. How about the performance? Well, we're going to speak all about that in today's episode. First and foremost, before I I get into the whole tactical analysis, basically the game analysis, as you know, we do in these episodes. I will just quickly remind you I've started up a new Instagram for specifically for uh, Barca themed content. You'll get new and uh, original designs, um, you also get be one of the first to ever know about any transfer rumors or updates and just keep informed with with the club and their ongoings, if you will. So the Instagram for that is at Barca Base Official. That's at Barca Base Official. If you haven't already, go ahead and click that follow button on Instagram. You won't regret it. And if you do, well, I guess you can unfollow. That's your choice. But yeah, that will keep you up to date and we can interact in between these podcasts. So let's get into the episode, baby. Uh, let's start exactly where we always like to start, and that is the team lineup. If you had followed me on Instagram, you would have been able to see that I, in the previous game against Villarreal, correctly predicted the lineup, and I didn't manage to do it for the, for this game. I was one player out, and... Um, I'm really annoyed at myself for for the prediction I made because I somewhere in my mind I was thinking hmm, maybe not. Essentially, I predicted Pjanic starting ahead of Busquets. In fact, that was not the case. So let me read out what today's lineup was. We had. Well, we had the exact same lineup as the previous game. So that was Neto in goal. We had a right back of Sergio Roberto, centre-back partnership of P.K. and Longley. Jordi Alba left back. We had the double pivot of Frankie de Jong and Busquets. The more attacking trio of Ansu Fati, Coutinho in the middle and Griezmann on the right. And Messi in that centre-forward or false nine position, if you will, up front exactly the same as the previous lineup Ronald Koeman placed for us to go up against Villarreal so like I said I almost predicted it right I just predicted that Pjanic would start just ahead of uh, Busquets but I was foolish to do so Uh, looking back you know I should have really realized that you know, we won 4-0. Why would you change anything, especially coming into a game like this where Busquets has that necessary experience? And in the end, that was the lineup. Am I happy with it? Yeah, I was fine with it. As I say, I was fine with it. Uh, Pjanic came in and played a very, very impressive 13 minutes when he came onto the field against Villarreal, but he you know he was not chosen ahead of Busquets. That 13-minute performance was not enough to um, to place him ahead of Busquets in the picking order. Um, and that was the lineup. I was I was fine with it. I expected it, considering the good performance in the previous game, uh, especially in that first half. I didn't mind it one bit. So that was the Barcelona lineup. So, without further ado, let's get into the game itself. So, as I said, that was the way we lined up. That was the way it was going to be. And from the word go, we started strong. It's fair to say we did, and that is exactly what we were hoping for and, and what was needed against a team um, as difficult to break, really, as uh, as Celta Vigo, especially away from home. We started energetic. You know, we started to press early on, um, and that was... That was very good to see, especially the pressing, you know, after so long of not pressing, um, especially as a unit, to see that start to come into effect. And by no means are we there yet. We really aren't. But we're seeing, you know, glimpses of what may or hopefully will become um where we all press as a unit and we really um work together somewhat similar uh, in a way to Ronald uh, to uh, sorry Jurgen Klopp's gegenpress um a method he has coined and is is very well, he adopts, he adopts that way of play and it's incredibly fascinating to watch and something that absolutely destroyed us in that second leg of the Champions League, if you can remember it. If, you, if you've decided to completely alleviate that from any uh, part of your mind, I would completely <laughs> forgive you for that because I don't really want to remember it, but I think it's important that we do. Uh, but yes, seeing the team press in this way was incredibly, um, yeah, just a positive. It really was. But as I said, it wasn't, thorough. It wasn't throughout the game. It was in moments. But when it did happen, I was extremely pleased to see that. But also, Celta Vigo were doing the same. You know, they were also pressing very well. They were managing to you know, keep their shape as much as as much as they possibly could and, and press as a unit as well. However, we were managing to play through them on multiple occasions, which was very positive, um, a great sign early on, and it was mostly coming centrally. We were not using the wings as much... Um, as we were in that game against Villarreal, we were going more centrally. And the key component component of that was Felipe Cautinho. He was playing... This was... I, I, I'll, I'll touch on it more in in, in in the later parts of the podcast, but for me, this was his best ever game in a Barca shirt, without doubt. He was incredible. He is really becoming an ingrained part of this Barcelona system and squad. And the fact that he's managing to keep that central position um, and keep at it basically throughout the game is such a positive. Um, it really is. I'll touch on that in a second. But as I said, we were managing to play through their press and it was mainly coming through the middle. It was mainly coming centrally and less so on the flanks, um, which we saw were such a prevalent thing in the, in the previous game with the likes of Jordi Albert absolutely bombing down that left-hand side. And five minutes in, I actually saw Messi pressing again. I saw Messi pressing again, something that is foreign to uh, my eyesight. Um, But I don't know what Ronald Koeman's done or what he said, but this is really positive to see Messi pressing. And in fact, Ronald Koeman did come out um, at the end of the game. I know I'm skipping forward here, but I think it's important. He came out after the game and said Leo has worked a lot without the ball and he has been very important. We have done a great job with a lot of discipline. Now that for me is in direct correlation to the the increase of pressing by especially Lionel Messi. You know, under previous managers he has not been I don't know if he's not been asked or he's just not been doing it but he has not been pressing in the way which is uh, I believe, imperative to playing a really good game of football and, and being dominant in that sense. For me, he was very, without the ball, very <clears throat> just lacklustre. He didn't move a lot. He, he very rarely pressed or tried to win the ball back when he lost it. And we're starting to see elements of that alleviate from his game. It's very early on and I do not want to get ahead of myself, but I have seen Messi press on occasion. And I'm very, very happy, very, very happy about it. And long may it continue and long may it improve and become more and more so and more and more prevalent in the games to come, because I think it's absolutely necessary, as I said. Um, And speaking of Lionel Messi and also Felipe Coutinho, um, Messi's positioning, because of it, being slightly more advanced um, and operating in... uh, uh, yeah in a different part of the pitch to Coutinho despite them both being centrally for the major central sorry for the majority of the game because of Messi's positioning what's happening is we're seeing that take a lot of men off of Coutinho off of marking Coutinho which means that when he picks up the ball he's often in a lot more space um Messi almost being used as, as a decoy in the system which i think is is brilliant news you know we're not seeing Messi completely isolated from games but what we are seeing is you know a lot less dependency on him to be that that innovator that creator that goal scorer that defender that you know every position we're seeing the responsibility shared far more and that's really really benefiting the overall team um, as i said Coutinho is able to pick up the ball in a lot more space and um that's brilliant, brilliant news for the midfield magician, in my in my opinion, you know. The more infield position for Coutinho that he's currently occupying within Ronald Koeman's Barca system is working so, so well for him. Um, and it wasn't long before we saw the opener of the game. And it's again, I can't believe it, Ansu Sufati once more again striking early on 11 minutes in this time beating his uh his early goal scoring form of the previous game where he scored in 15 minutes in this game he did it in 11 is there anything that this young man can't do 17 years old 17 years old and he's got three goals in the first two barca games And difficult games on paper as well and this one make no mistake about it this was a difficult game we handled it very very well and major credit major credit to Ronald Koeman for that back to Ansu you know the way he managed to set himself up for the shot was incredible if you haven't seen the goal go check it out watch the highlights you just do yourself a favor this man is unbelievable the way that he managed to to squirm through the defense create an angle and hit it with it's almost like he was he was falling in a way whilst he hit it and he hit it with the outside of his his boot, it was just incredible, incredible, but even more impressive than the the actual shot and goal itself was the way he set himself up for it. Is really, really, really cultured. Um and I'm so so impressed with him. He looks absolutely electric when any whenever he's on the ball. He looks full full of energy, full of running, ready to take on a defender in a minute. He looks sharp. He looks decisive and I couldn't be, couldn't be any more pleased with how he started off this La Liga campaign. I, I really could not be. I'm, I'm so, so happy. And overall, as I was, as I alluded to previously, you know, the team is not revolving around Messi anywhere near as much as it was in previous seasons and under previous managers. And that for me is the key means that we are actually able to see standout performances from other people it means that when Messi is being marked we have others there that can take on the responsibility for an allotted time period and we saw that especially with Felipe Cautinho today Um, yeah it's just it's so so pleasing to see that and Listen, I'm all for not getting ahead of ourselves because we've done that so many times as Barcelona fans and we've you've hit the ground uh, like a ton of bricks, you know, in, in a moment. But I can only judge off of what I'm seeing right now. And what I'm seeing right now is promising. It is pleasing and I'm very, very happy with it. The lack of revolving, uh, the, the lack of... Um, Messi being the centerpiece of each and every game and just the team in general is extremely, extremely important, I think, for this Barcelona team as a whole to shine. Um, And that's what we saw a little more in this game. So very, very, very promising. A lot of people aren't liking Messi playing in this position. But for me, I'd argue, listen, we're seeing a different Messi, okay? We're not seeing the same Messi. We're not seeing the Messi that's going to be on the ball every single second. We're seeing that responsibility shared. But because of that, we are also not seeing when Messi is occupied with with the defenders of the the opposition players we aren't seeing everybody else's role within the team be nullified because of it and that is the positive we may not get as many messy goals that is a possibility but that is something that we have to be willing to sacrifice for the overall um the overall positivity and and gameplay that that will bring to the team so for me I don't mind it one bit the the more worrying thing is is what happens with Griezmann because at the moment like I said in the previous podcast and like we saw in the previous game I do not understand how he fits into this team and I think we'd be far better playing uh, another winger in his position for me Trincao instead of Griezmann but I digress let's continue so Ansu Fati has just scored that goal within 11 minutes. The team is looking good, um, but this game really was a test for our defense. The attack of Celta Vigo in this game were far far uh, superior to that of Villarreal's in the previous, and you know they looked dangerous. They really did look dangerous whenever they were they were in and around our box. Um, and within 18 minutes, Coutinho continued to shine. That that first 18 minutes, he was extremely impressive, and he continued. He, he continued that, that vein of form throughout the game. Um, so that was very positive. Uh, 27 minutes in, and we saw another chance. And this, by Frankie de Jong, is unbelievable. And it's not defensively, it was attacking. He was uh, making a run. He had the ball, he was running towards goal, but he was on that left-hand side. Now, he was kind of in two minds of what to do. He could have played it to. I believe it was Ansu Fati. It may have been Lionel Messi. I'm not 100% 100 sure. Sorry. But instead, he plays an unbelievable ball with the outside of his right foot from one side of the pitch to the other. And it lands perfectly on the foot of Antoine Griezmann, whose touch just lets him down. And it doesn't do the ball that uh, that Frankie uh, passed him any justice and that is a chance squandered that is an opportunity that Griezmann should be taking and at least at the very very least getting a shot on target but he is unable to do so and in the end the chance as I said is squandered and it's a shame because that ball by Frankie de Jong was unbelievable unbelievable. Ansu Fati and Coutinho were the two stands out, standouts within the first 30 minutes for me you know they were shining beyond belief the both of them um they were looking incredibly uh well placed within the team they looked ingrained within it and we saw that they they were very rarely in two minds of what to do they were really controlling especially coutinho in that um, midfield he was controlling the game and he was unlocking passages of play and that's what I found so impressive he was playing a couple easy passes of course possession that's what we do at Barca but he was also playing some cut through passes or not even chance creating passes but passes that open up that kind of play and that's what he brings to that midfield better than almost anyone um I'd put him and Ricky Puic in that category so yeah I was just I, I can just go on the whole time about how how well, he played, but um but yeah, super super happy within. But thir- thirty four minutes in, and we were incredibly lucky. It was a great ball in behind by Celta Vigo in behind for our old boy Dennis Suarez, and. PK brings him down, just grabs him and brings him down, which would have definitely been a red card. He was through on goal, and um, I believe it was going to be viewed as a a clear and obvious goal-scoring opportunity. Whether I agree with that or not, I haven't made my mind up. I'll need to look at it again. I only saw it in-game. But luckily, and incredibly luckily, it was ruled offside. The run by Dennis Suarez was ruled offside, and we managed to get away with one 100%. But from then, we saw Celta, they got a sniff of... What could be that they could get back in the game? You know that they could score, that they could be the aggressor in the situation, and they started up, up. They started ramping up the pressure, you know, and they began to look more and more dangerous with every single attack. So it was absolutely, you know, of the utmost importance that we managed to regain control of the game, um, and and really gain control once more of the game that we were in control of. You know, five ten minutes prior. Uh, so that was the most important thing. And unfortunately, we did completely the opposite, you know. Um, just before half time, Longley Long was sent off for a second bookable offence. It was a second yellow card, which led to the red card um, being pulled out of the referee's back pocket. And it was for an elbow in the face. Of course yellow cards are not reviewable by VAR, by VAR, so that meant it would stand regardless. That is down to the referee's decision, his prerogative, and and he decided it was a yellow card. And from what I saw, you know, we can't have too many complaints about it. I need to look at the first yellow card as to whether it was warranted, but that second yellow card, I understand it. Um, And that was it. That was us down to 10 men. Um, And maybe even more important, that's the fact that, you know long lay will now miss the next game and the next game is against sevilla probably our most difficult game up to date we really have a tough run of fixtures and this probably will be the most difficult out of the three despite this one giving us a run for our money but but yeah that means no long lay against sevilla it will have to come down to who i'd imagine would be Arajo to be picked alongside Gerard Piquet, um, and in fact, we saw Arajo come on for defensive cover and Griezmann make way just before the halftime break, and for me, that's a brilliant call by Ronald Koeman, you know, it means it's it's given Arajo some playing time prior to that Sevilla game, which I'm almost sure he will play, Um and it also takes off Antoine Griezmann, who was essentially non-existent on the pitch. And that was it for the first half. That concluded the first half, and that meant that we had a big, big task for that second half. It was a big test for not only Araujo, but for the Barca in general, you know. The upcoming second half was going to be difficult. So this is where Ronald Koeman needs to earn his money, you know. Coming into halftime, we're one goal up against a very, very Difficult Um, Celta Vigo side, which we know the history has not favored us in terms of results. He has the opportunity in a 15 minute window to reinstall faith and confidence in the team, tell them that they have every single tool in their arsenal needed to win this game, and yeah, like I said, just instill that confidence and belief. This is where Ronald Koeman will make his money, this is where we will be able to see the type of manager that he is? Is he able to motivate his team out for that second half? And the answer was yes, it really was. And I do not want to start getting ahead of myself, but I can, as I said, only judge off of what I've seen up to this point. And he did exactly that you know whilst we were trying to stabilize the game early on in that second half just gain a bit of momentum gain that rhythm early on we started to look dangerous on the attack and we managed to capitalize within six minutes thanks to a bit of brilliance by Lionel Messi like I said this system isn't solely set up to benefit him but in turn because the whole team is shining it will and this was an opportunity for Messi to show what he is made of he's done it time and Time again and he did it once more in this match he took the ball around multiple defenders um he was inside the box he tried to play a play the ball square into Felipe Catinho in the middle of the box and in trying to do so the shot was deflected off of Alaza um I believe is how you pronounce it and in turn he puts it into his own net and that was two nil within six minutes of that second half but I must stress at that point I was thinking listen the game is not over 2-0 is a slender lead and in the previous season they managed to come back Celta Vigo managed to come back from uh, 2-0 down um, to draw 2-2 so I was thinking listen the game is not over at all we cannot begin to relax not nowhere near and <laughs> nowhere near to that we have to continue with the same intensity the same strength the same play style um, and that will hopefully in turn ensure us that victory um so after that second goal went in as i said it was an own goal by orlaza after that second goal went in we really saw barcelona trying to settle the ship you know trying to settle the ship after doubling their lead And understandably, you know, we need to, you know, regain the rhythm that we had barely managed to build up since that second half started because... The goal came so quick so it's important that we get into our rhythm get into our play um, and really gain control of the game now that doesn't mean sit back and just play possession for for no reason which that you know sorry what's better to say is just have possession with no intent of actually doing anything with it which is something that we've become so accustomed to as Barcelona fans especially with previous managers Um, we've seen when we've been up by one or two we've just completely Completely took our foot off the gas and just settled for a one-nil uh, advantage a lot of the times and just playing played possession football f- to no avail and then ended up being you know caught out on the counter attack or they've managed to level one up and then we start trying now that's not what we can continue to do not at all if we want to be successful we need to see games out in a far more convincing way than just. Yeah, completely taking our foot off the gas, like I said. And um, at this moment, I want to give a big shout out to Neto. Neto, our filling goalkeeper, our second choice goalkeeper, of course, filling in for Marc-Andre Ter Stegen, who has been out with an injury, who continues to be out with an injury. But he has been brilliant. Neto has been brilliant when called upon. And it's fair to say in this game, he was called upon on multiple occasions and he has not let a goal in, in this La Liga campaign so far. Um, That's very promising. Very promising, especially against this team, Salto Vigo as well, where they did have their chances, but he has managed to reign supreme and not allow a goal into his net. So big shout out to Neto. He deserves a lot of credit. We should not underlook what he's doing. Of course, we're so used to having Marc-Andre to stay in there um, that I think because we have Neto there, we just expect the same kind of saves to be made and the same you know, kind of level of play but in reality Neto hasn't had the game time Ter has and he's had to come in and be you know really dominant in the goal uh, and he has done exactly that he can only be judged on when he's been called upon and he when he's been called upon he has he has done well in league play so far so big shout out to Neto 58 minutes on the clock and we see Coutinho with a brilliant shot it hits the post and Messi is there to follow in and put in the rebound. However, it's called offside and it's a really, really, really tight decision. VAR did review it. Um, As I said, it was flagged offside immediately when Messi put the ball in the back of the net, but Messi strongly disagreed, protesting uh, the fact that he, he, he thought he was onside. VAR had a look at it and in in, in the end did agree with the initial call which was offside it was very close to me it looked onside side as, as the play happened but when you see it from different angles and, and you see what VAR must have seen it was offside although very marginally however that was the way it was but from that moment we saw Messi come alive even more he was alive he was active and you could see he really was almost annoyed about that decision and wanted to get on the score sheet because of it and in, in doing exactly that, being more, um, being more the protagonist within the team, he nearly sets up Felipe Coutinho, or he does set up Coutinho, but Coutinho isn't able to convert the cross. Uh, it was a great cross from Lionel Messi in from that right-hand side, and Coutinho's shot is unfortunately saved. Unfortunately, it was just slightly, you know, d- two down the middle, and in, in the end... The Celta Vigo goalkeeper managed to deal with it just fine, but it inspired Messi to continue to have this almost fire in his belly and continue playing in a way which caused the Celta Vigo defence especially problems. And once more, we saw him causing menace with a great ball into the box, just floating that ball beautifully into the box asking questions of the Celta Vigo defense and asking questions of the Barca men in that box could they put the ball in the back of the net unfortunately not with this attempt um PK was the one closest to putting it into the back of the net, of the net sorry and um, in his in in his trying to do so he actually ended up crashing into the post um, and this got me worried i'm not gonna lie because he went down after for a prolonged period of time and i was thinking oh my goodness we've we've just lost long lay for the next match please don't tell me pk is also going to be out for it but um you know fortunately enough he did manage to recover it was what i'd imagine would be a pretty hefty bruise because he did crash into that post but um Yeah, managed to come back, managed to bounce back from it and continue the game strongly. As I said and touched on a little bit before, Coutinho's best performance in a Barcelona shirt ever for me. He was... um, Yeah, he played incredibly. 70 minutes in and that was the end of his day, though he did make way for Pedri as well as Ansu coming out for Trincao. Don't mind the substitutions at all. Bearing in mind, we have another game on Sunday and a big game, as I said, against Sevilla. This will probably be the hardest of them all. Uh, Sevilla pushing by and incredibly close in the, I believe, the Supercoppa. Um, So yeah, yeah, it will be... It will be an incredibly difficult game. I don't have many doubts about that. So taking out the likes of uh, Coutinho and Ansu Fati to give them a little bit of rest prior to that game is a wise, wise substitution by Komen So um, that, that got me thinking, you know, 70 minutes in, we're 2-0 up against a difficult... A difficult sell to side that still have life in them bearing in mind bearing in mind we are still 20 minutes away from the the final whistle plus uh, whatever added time was on and it turns out there was five minutes of added time but so all in all 25 minutes left of the game we're two nil up many a manager especially our previous two would have brought on defensive reinforcement tried to settle the game done exactly what i was speaking about before just Keep possession for the sake of keeping possession with no intent of creating a goal and inviting the pressure on. But Coleman made attacking substitutions. He made the substitutions that would allow us to continue playing this attacking brand of football, even though we were a man down. And this is why. I was so, so, so impressed with Komen during this game, throughout this game, in the lead up to this game and what he spoke about after this game from what I've seen as well. He deserves huge credit for this. When was the last time you saw Barca winning and bringing on multiple attack minded players? You know, when was the last time? That makes me so happy. It really does. It means that we're not going to sacrifice our, the way we want to play football because we're a man down or because uh, we're, we're winning, you know? And that makes me extremely happy. And it means, it, yeah, it, it makes a much more enjoyable game. So extremely happy about that. Then 73 minutes in, and it was Celta's biggest chance of the game. It was poor positioning defensively by Sergio Roberto, and, and that led to a shot... Um, Neto managed to save the shot that came in from the left-hand side, um, if, if you're facing it, Celta Vigo's way. Um, and yeah, it was a great save from Neto, but he does push it into danger. Therefore, the danger isn't over yet. Another shot coming at Neto fast, but Alba throws his body in front of the shot and incredibly... Uh, managed to block that shot and push it onto the bar and thankfully it went over after that but Barca, that was a definite definite warning uh, warning shot and um, we had to we had to tread carefully after that we realized listen the game isn't over there's still minutes to be played and if Celta were to get that one goal it would really throw everything into disarray um, or you'd think it would you know there would be new life in Celta they think that they might actually be able to get something out of this game as they've done on multiple occasions before um, and then we, we could see a very different end to the game than we did in the end so we had to be careful and uh, one player I, w- I wanted to pick out from that celta vigo team was in fact our old boy the former barcelona man dennis suarez who played a very very good game for celta vigo and seems to have embedded himself in that celta vigo side very well after his strange uh loan move to to arsenal that just came out of left field and just didn't work. But but now we're seeing him at Celta Vigo where he seems comfortable, he seems happy, and he's playing some brilliant football, especially like he did, you know, in this game against his, his former club. So... I guess you got to be happy for your old boys um i'd prefer he wasn't playing such an incredible game against us but the important thing is we managed to get the win so so i was happy for that um after that we saw a couple half chances for barcelona um we tried to catch celta vigo on the break a couple times but we weren't quite accurate enough whether with uh whether it be our passing or our, our shooting or just the decision making uh overall in the final third wasn't quite up to scratch Um, and Celta kept knocking at the door you know they kept trying to keep the pressure on late to get that goal to hopefully send Barcelona panicking in the last few minutes of the game and just when we thought the game was over we managed to add a third goal to cap off a brilliant day for Barcelona fans and it was none other than Sergi Roberto on the day that serginio dest is announced as a barcelona player who will be fighting for that right back spot sergio roberto proves that he is still very much capable of making an impact on the team and absolutely smashes it absolutely rifles it in to the back of the net on the volley in the final minute of added time and that was it. One of practically the uh, the last kicks of the game. And finally, the curse is broken. We have managed to win away to Celta Vigo. And not just win away, win well away. Again, I think overperforming what many Barcelona fans would have expected and predicted for this game. I think the majority would probably have said if we were going to win, it would be a narrow victory. But 3-0... Um, and you have to say it's deserved. You can't look at that game and go, we didn't deserve to win 3-0. Of course, they are always some things that can be improved. If there wasn't, we'd... Well, it's just impossible. You know, there's always some things we can improve. There were some defensive, um, defensively shaky moments. Um, but overall, I couldn't be any happier. Uh, you know, we have to be realistic with this. And if we get too critical, and I'm definitely guilty of this, of getting too critical, then we'll never be happy uh, with what we're seeing. But finally, we managed. The, the main thing was getting the win, and we did that, and we did that well. We played well even with 10 men, and managed to get the win 3-0 or 0-3 away from home to Celta Vigo. It's a brilliant, brilliant result, and that caps off a brilliant day for Barcelona as a whole. We we managed to sign uh, Sergio Dest. Whether you think he is the right man to come, whether you preferred Emerson, Emerson, um, it is what it is he has arrived today multiple um many barca fans very very happy um and and yeah and then also with getting the win we we yeah it's brilliant it's really really good a very good day for barcelona um for fc barcelona football club barcelona brilliant brilliant stuff um and yeah just capping off a great great day a great performance a very enjoyable watch once more and we're playing football that we can be proud of and that is what makes me happier than ever one thing i wanted to touch on Finally, before we bring the podcast to the close, um, to a close, sorry, I've spoken about the game. I want to quickly speak about something um, out with of the game. It's been reported on multiple, well, multiple po- reports throughout the transfer window have have reported that multiple clubs have come in for the services of Usmane Dembélé, um, specifically on loan. We saw Liverpool be rumoured to, to want his services on loan. Um, and now we are seeing Manchester United want his services on loan. However, Barcelona are, it seems to be, not willing to give him out on loan at the moment. They want a transfer, if anything, for Dembélé. And, um, and there are some worrying signs if you're a Dembele fan uh, coming out of Camp Barcelona if you will Ronald Koeman um, apparently having to deal with uh, Dembele as he came in late to a training session that is not what you want to do it's not the first time it's been done Um, I'm not 100% sure if it's true that that was the case but it has been reported Um, if that is the case you know, as I said, it's not the first time, and it's definitely not a good look when your name's floating around in the transfer wi- uh, transfer window. There's still time in it for you to potentially depart Barcelona, um, having really unfulfilled the the prowess that you showed or, or had promised when you when you came. You know, Dembélé's been injured for almost half of the time he's been at Barcelona. Um, so so yeah very worrying and then today after the game Ronald Koeman came out and said I think Pedri and Trincao can contribute more defensively than Dembele that's why they played um addressing the question of why why Dembele didn't play in this match but that is slightly worrying if you are uh, a Dembele fan again nothing concrete but it's just speculation United really want his services after failing to get Jadon Sancho and it looks like that D will not happen at the moment Dembele is sticking with saying he wants to stay at Barcelona but with the arrival of Trincao who has been getting more game time than him at the moment and in all honesty playing better than him uh, I know it's early days but yeah a couple worrying signs but we won't dwell on it too much the main thing is we played a brilliant game Big, big well done to all the players who played their part. And I think special mention, my my man of the match, and I believe actually the man of the match, was Felipe Coutinho, who played a brilliant, brilliant game, as I said. And also, I want to say shout out to the defence and Neto for keeping a clean sheet in a game, which I think very few people expected us to. So those are my notable mentions for the game. And that is it everything for this episode of the podcast I hope you've enjoyed this match review and reaction of the game against Celta Vigo as I said winning three goals to the the nil of Celta Vigo um, and finally breaking the curse I am very happy to report that let me tell you I will be back on Sunday for the match review and reaction against uh, against Sevilla. This will be a difficult, difficult game, and we have to continue to prepare in the best way possible. Ronald Koeman, keep that foot on the gas. Keep the players improving their fitness. We don't want to see too many days off. Keep them going. Keep them motivated. Um And I hope to see a really good performance against Sevilla. And I'm hoping we can get the win. I'm really, really hoping we can get the win. But as I say, I'll be back on Sunday to have a match review and reaction for that game. Once more, if you haven't already, go check out my Barca-themed page on Instagram, as I said previously. We've got exciting new and original graphic content. We have transfer news and updates constantly. And it's the best place to be if you are a true Kulé. So guys, head over to there if you haven't already and click the follow button. But that has been everything from me. I've been your host, Gabriel Rodriguez, for this episode of Barca Base on the As I See It podcast. And I'll catch you in the next one. Peace.